Thank you for joining us today with Cindy Sherwood's podcast, Words for the Journey. Today's message, How is Your Software Programmed? Today, we're going to examine our beliefs and how we can find our way to the truth. In the many years I've been writing, my word processing software has changed more than once. Every time it changes, without my permission, I might add, it changes how my documents are formatted. Sometimes I like the changes, sometimes I don't, but one thing is always true. I'm stuck with the way the new software operates. It's programmed to work a certain way, and it could not care less what I think about it. It's going to do what it wants to do. It drives me nuts. I've never been intuitive the way computers need its users to be intuitive. So that simple go here and point and click that's obvious to many is not obvious to me. Just give me an instruction manual, I've screamed so many times. But nobody seems to be listening to my rant. Getting older hasn't helped my cause either. It just gets harder to learn the new programs. We, too, have an internal software, and it's running our life. The software is our beliefs. Inside every one of us are beliefs programmed to direct how we think, what we say, and the decisions we make. It's a guidance system. But unlike my word processing software, I get total control over which beliefs get programmed into my system. I may not be exercising control. I may not be aware of how I've programmed my beliefs. Nevertheless, I am still the programmer. When I was a young woman, I made a decision that set my life on a destructive course. At 19, Someone wanted to marry me, and I accepted their proposal. His deceptiveness became apparent right from the beginning, although it was years before I learned the full truth. He'd been with other girls the whole three years we dated, a pattern that continued during the six years we were married, until he finally left me and our two daughters for another woman. How on earth did I end up in such horrible circumstances? Well, did I not get a choice in agreeing to that marriage? Yes, I did. I chose it. Was I forced to do that? No, I did it of my free will. Then why? Because of my beliefs. It would be a long time before I knew that, though. Today it's obvious, but at 19, I didn't have a clue. Here are the beliefs that led me down that painful path. My wisdom is better than God's wisdom, so I don't need his opinion on this matter. God is not interested in my insignificant life. I am not worth protecting. I am not a valuable person. My life doesn't matter. I am only important if somebody wants me. Well, those are all false beliefs. God's wisdom is superior to mine. There is no such thing as an insignificant life. I am worth protecting. I am valuable. And that is true whether someone wants me or not. That's easy to see today because God has healed my life. 
not so easy in my 20s. My faulty programming misdirected my life. It misguided me and led me to see this marriage proposal as the right thing rather than the truly terrible plan that it was. I paid dearly and so did my daughters. That's the price of operating with a faulty belief system. False beliefs lead us down the wrong road, the one I call pride pathway, sometimes in small matters, but also in life-altering ways. Pride is the crux of the problem. Pride is believing we know better than God. Pride believes we are the source of knowledge and truth, not God. Pride usurps God's place in our life as the source of wisdom and truth. If we want a successful and satisfying life, we need to recognize our pride and resign from the seat of authority in our life. We need to humble ourselves before God and return the seat to its rightful occupant, God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Defeating our pride is not an easy thing, but the sooner we begin to take this matter seriously, the sooner the battle will be won. It'll never happen if we ignore it. So as we seek to reprogram our belief system, eliminating the false and replacing it with truth, there is an easy side to this and a hard side to this. Remember that instruction manual I was screaming for? Well, when it comes to truth, we have one. You know what it is. The Bible. It's all there. Every word we need Every truth and morsel of wisdom required to successfully navigate this life. All we have to do is read it and study it. It's the programming code, the essential elements for our survival. We need to apply it to our beliefs, thoughts, and every decision we make. Never stop. Don't allow faulty code to run your life. Hear God's word. Receive God's word. Absorb God's Word. Read it daily. Study it with others. It is your vital pathway. It's the simplest thing, yet most Christians I know do not regularly read their Bible. They may listen to a sermon once a week, and that's good, but that's about as far as it goes. Scripture calls God's Word our living water. Well, how well would you do with one drink of water every week? It's the same with Scripture. Without it, you will be in a world of hurt. It is not optional if we're going to have victory in this life. And your beliefs are a prime example. If you aren't drinking from the Word, your beliefs are going to be vulnerable to lies, and then your life will be too. So the easy part of all this is finding truth, knowing what true beliefs are. The harder part is locating your false beliefs. This is a big part of what we do in the Healing Journey class. If you want help getting your beliefs straightened out, check out the Healing Journey as a possible resource for you. If you want to get rid of your false beliefs, the place to start is prayer. Ask God to show you where your beliefs are off from His truth. I've developed a resource called the Three Beliefs Worksheets. If you want to use this, just email us and we'll send it to you. But God is more than capable of helping you locate your false beliefs, and He's willing to help you. You can also examine your life. 
Revisit your story and make a list of the people, places, and events where your life definitely deviated from God's best. Ask yourself, what belief about God or belief about his relationship with me or belief about myself propelled me to do what I did? Choose what I chose. React how I reacted. For many years now, I've been working to create resources to help people experience God's healing, and this includes studying beliefs and their correlation to our life. I've come to discover that our beliefs pretty much fall into three categories. Beliefs about God, beliefs about our relationship with God, and our beliefs about ourself, which comprise our identity. Let me give you some examples of each of these categories. Let's start with some common false beliefs about God's character. God isn't loving. Well, what does Scripture say in Jeremiah 31.3? It says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Another one. God isn't powerful or won't use his power to help me. Jeremiah 32, 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Here's another one. God isn't trustworthy. Well, John 8, 26 in the NIV says, I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy, and what I have heard from him I tell the world. And finally, God isn't just. Well, Psalm 98, 9 says, For he is coming to judge the earth. With righteousness he shall judge the world and the peoples with equity. Do you have those programmed into your belief system? So the problem isn't that we can't find or know the truth. It's spelled out very plainly in his word. The problem is that we don't believe what it says. Let's look at false beliefs relating to our relationship with God. God can't provide for me. Philippians 4.19 says, though, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Or God won't protect me. Psalm 121, 3 and 4 says, He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Another one, God doesn't care about me. Psalm 145, 9 in the NIV says, The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. And one more. God doesn't accept me. Acts 10.35 says, But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. And don't try to take yourself off that list because you aren't perfectly righteous. Christ took care of that issue for you. These verses show God clearly places himself in a loving and committed relationship with you, the only question is whether you will reciprocate. Will you respond back to God and be in a relationship with him? And finally, let's look at truth relating to our identity. I am not lovable. Well, Ephesians 1.4 says, Just as he chose us in him 
before the foundation of the world were chosen. And what about this one? I am not lovable. But Isaiah 54.10 in the NIV says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Here's another false belief. I am defined by the things I have done or the things that have happened to me. But Romans 8.1 in the NIV says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And the last one, I am not a beautiful creation of God. Well, Psalm 139.14 says, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Clearly, we are precious and honored in God's view. He's wild about us and sees us as his beloved children. Anything we believe that deviates from this is false. Let's delete the false beliefs and start programming truth. So if the truth is clear, why don't we believe it? Good question. How do our beliefs form? There are many factors that influence what we choose to believe. Certainly, our parents are a big factor. What did they believe? What did they teach us to believe? The church we grew up in may be a factor. Teachers, coaches, club leaders, friends, relatives, anyone who spoke into our life. If we trusted them, we likely believed them, right or wrong. Another major influence on our beliefs are the events of our life both good and bad. If we were the favored child, or if we were the sports star, or the popular kid in school, we may have adopted the belief that we are better than other people. We are more valuable. We're special. Now, if none of those things were true, we never experienced favor from our parents. We did nothing spectacular growing up. We had few friends were made fun of or never quite measured up in our minds, then we likely adopted a very different belief system. I am not valuable. My life does not matter. Life events impact our belief about God too. If we experience poverty, homelessness, we might believe God won't provide for us. If we were betrayed or abandoned, we might believe God won't protect us divorce or joblessness, we might believe God doesn't have the power to help us. If we experience spiritual abuse, God can't be trusted. If we experienced physical or sexual abuse, well, it messes with our beliefs at every single level. I say all this to make an important point. Just because you read the truth in God's word doesn't mean you'll be able to embrace it as true. If you have unhealed wounds, those wounds may interfere with your ability to believe the truth. The leap from the false belief to the true belief may seem like trying to jump across the Grand Canyon. So what can you do? Is there any hope for having a belief system that's true? Absolutely. But the wounds and painful events from your life 
need attention too. Healing is a complex combination of things. Healing is not just one thing. It isn't simply forgiveness or simply confession or simply having a true belief system. They are all parts of the puzzle, but just that, parts, not the whole. And that's why you need God's help through the healing process and definitely in programming a true belief system. There are a lot of factors, some of which are hidden from you, some of which are painful to face. You need Jesus' help. The bottom line here is that everyone wants to live a satisfying and successful life, but many things can interfere with that goal, one being our beliefs. Read God's Word and make sure everything you believe lines up with it. Having true beliefs about ourselves and about God opens us up to receive great joy and blessings from Him. It opens our life to all the good things He wants to give us. Don't miss out. Don't shut God out because of things other people have done to you. Let God love you. I have a fabulous quote from Thomas Merton. The beginning of love is truth. And before he will give his love, God must cleanse our souls of the lies that are in them. Our beliefs are a powerful force determining every direction to go, the health of our relationships, our contentment in life, so many things. Giving some time and effort to examining our beliefs with the help of the Holy Spirit can go a long way toward getting closer to our goal. It's worth the effort because your life counts for something. Make sure it's counting for the right thing. All scripture is from the New King James Version, unless otherwise stated. Thank you for listening to Cindy Sherwood's podcast. Visit us on the web at hishealinglight.org to learn more about our ministry. Please consider rating us on iTunes or your other favorite music app. God's best to you today.